Swamp ass is a real thing, folks. It's a real thing. To the first episode of Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's. I'm Adam and I'm Paul and today we're going to talk about some whiskey, smoke some cigars and talk about some beard products. Paul I'm starting out you know it's the 4th of July happy 4th of July. I'm starting out with something that I felt was a little bit patriotic uh, some some James Pepper 1776. I had to start with the rye because I cannot find my bourbon anywhere i know that's that's uh, kind of not really in the theme of the show but here we are so i've got my i've got my james pepper 1776 rye it's a little higher proof than the spirit that we're actually going to be focusing on today but that's all right better no no better way to wake up the palate than to uh just jump right in this is coming in at 100 proof it is a mgp 95.5 rye it's aged a little over three years it's, it's a damn good product. I have their barrel strength upstairs, also a good product. This particular bottle was given to me by a good friend of mine uh, a few months ago, and, you know, I, I haven't been able to put it down. It's it's almost gone. So what, what are you opening up with today? I'm going to start us off with uh, just a basic ma Maker's Mark 46, just a everyday easy sipper. Okay. What's the, uh, what's the proof on that? 46 or 47 percent it's uh their their uh recipe aged in the french oak staves yeah it's just it's not the cast strength but like i said just a nice everyday sipper it's got good flavor to it i think i've got is that could you hold that up again i want to is that so that's that's a new label new bottle style i have the yeah i've got the old one right here yep so, you know what? I think I'm going to join you in some of that myself. That's that's some good stuff I haven't had in a while. Um, I think I've had this bottle for three, four years. I've still got uh, about a third of the bottle left. Yeah, I think it was fairly recently that they switched pretty much putting all of their yearly, like year-round offerings back in the, the normal maker's bottle and keeping that that bottle like you have just for the uh, the wood finishing series to ones that come out twice a year that makes sense it's got to be more cost effective um speaking of right behind that makers 46 i happen to have the uh, wood finishing series this is the fae01 that's a good one i mean they all are but <laughs> fair enough yeah and for i don't know what they cost now i've not bought one in a long time this one was 65 bucks at the time that i bought it and i can't really see going wrong with with that for 65 bucks. Yep, exactly. This 46 was 34.99 by me, so. Damn. It tastes like, um, it tastes like cake. Yep. Like a 
like a coffee cake, like a cinnamon crumb cake. That's exactly right. I, I it's been a long I man, I gotta get another bottle of this. It's been a long time since I've drank it. That's good. Shit. I'm not usually a big makers fan. I'm not generally a big weeder fan. And you know, I, I prefer the 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 higher rye or or just a rye mash bill, period. But um that's a lot better than I remember it being. Yep, it's a good one. I like to keep that in the house at all times. Sure. All right. Um so I'm gonna go ahead and get into this spirit that uh, spirit spirit of the episode here. Um, got some Jim Beam Black, the extra aged. Uh, we've got this coming in at 86 proof, and you know what? What one thing we want to try to do here on the Bourbon Beards and Belvedere podcast is give a little bit of history. Um at least on the brand, if not the spirit itself. Paul is probably as close to a Jim Beam expert as one can be, so I'm going to shut up and let Paul work his magic and tell us a little bit about Jim Beam. Yeah, um, so <clears throat> Jim Beam's my favorite brand, my go-to, um, pretty much all their products I like. Um, <clears throat> Jim Beam goes back as whiskey manufacturer all the way back uh to i believe 1760 don't fact check me on that but i believe that that is uh when mr jacob beam started distilling and uh through the course of multiple generations we're now up to uh freddie no as a master distiller and they've been pretty consistent through the years up to recently uh, as far as <clears throat> their core line of products and they're starting to do some experimentals and it's good to see everything I've had from that line, um, from the different lineups coming out from, you know, the little books to now they have the Hardens Creek and uh, the, um, what's the one that you just sent me, uh, the single malt? That's the uh, Claremont Steep. Claremont Steep, right. So, yeah, it's nice to see them adding some labels to the lineup with some different grains and some different aging processes and entry proofs and things like that. Um, as far as this Jim Beam black or extra aged goes um it is from uh, 2015 jim beam dropped the eight-year-old age statement that was always on these bottles um now and they went from an eight-year age state to just extra aged bourbon so for the last eight years it's been like that um obviously recipe didn't change or anything like that it's always 75 13 12 um, but we can still pretty safely assume that it's at least six years in this bottle because it's the, the white labels four years. So it's, it's they're going to claim it to be extra age. It's going to have to have a little bit more than, you know, four years. So it's pretty, pretty well accepted that it's at least six year old bourbon in these bottles. And, um, for me, this is, this is the standard. This is the, the one that I compare all other bourbons to as far as, it's not the best bourbon I've ever had. It's definitely not the worst. It's, it's for me, the standard. It, it hits on all the notes. It's what I compare everything to. And that's why I like to always keep this and go back to it. Um, I, I, lots of times if I'm doing a tasting where it's not blind and if I know what the, the bourbons are and, or, or the whiskeys, I refer them back to this. So I always have a little glass of this port on the side because, uh, I mean, I get, I mean, I, I just think that this is one of the best, the better budget like well-balanced bourbons on the market for you know 25 dollars 
you can get something that's you can get i mean it hits on forever for me it hits on they're sweet herbal fruity spicy oaky i mean it hits on all the all the areas of the palate and it's just a, a good a good staple bourbon to have in the cabinet somebody comes over and wants to mix it with coke that's totally fine you're not gonna grimace at them pouring a you know a hundred dollar bottle into a glass of soda so uh yeah for me this is kind of my standard well you know so one of one of the things that we're focusing on here on this show is you know at least a third of it is cigars and um i know that you know you're 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 not real big into cigars um you're not necessarily opposed to them but um regardless of that I can tell you right now, uh, well, before I, before I do that, let me preface this. How, how do you feel about black coffee? Just straight up black coffee. That's what, when I drink coffee, I used to be an avid coffee drinker and it was always black. Okay. Now it's here and there. I don't, I don't have to have caffeine first thing in the morning. It's kind of nice to be off of that, uh, that crutch. Sure, <laughs> sure. I have it every once in a while, but no, I used to be a hardcore coffee drinker and it was always high in coffee black. Okay. So I can tell you right now that, this plus this it's black coffee it's just hmm. straight black coffee that's what i'm getting right now and and um to me you know you want you want this you want the cigar to enhance the flavor of the bourbon and vice versa you you want like that's you don't you don't want the cigar to overpower the flavor of the bourbon especially if you're you know, like us, we're, we're both fairly avid bourbon drinkers. You know, I've got a large collection. You have a large collection. You know, you, you want the two to enhance the, you don't want to, you don't want them to overpower each other. And um, for me, enhancing the flavor can also mean bringing out new flavors that you've never had before. And so all the tasting notes that you mentioned with the Jim Beam Black, um, I agree with. Um, I've never gotten black coffee when drinking it. And I've owned this, this particular bottle uh, for a while. Um, I had another one and I went through it and I, and I bought this one, of course, and I've, I've had it for a while. When paired with this cigar, it's a whole new experience. Totally different experience. And that's usually the case, but usually um, depending on the bourbon, you can taste the bourbon, you can taste the cigar, you can, you can get a blend of both and you can get the flavors independently. But with this one, the two together, it's just, it's like I said, straight up black coffee. And it's absolutely amazing. It's, it's, it's incredible. I love it. So what uh, was that cigar? Did you, this is the, um, the punch classico, um, that I was talking to you about the other day. Um, so I found that in the cigar world, as with the bourbon world, um things can get out of hand price wise pretty quick this is a honduran cigar uh let me i'll read this directly from the jrcigars.com website punch is the name of two brands uh one is produced in cuba and one is produced in honduras it was originally registered to a, a german man named stockman there's I don't know if that was his first name or his last name. And he named it for a European puppet show character, Mr. Punch. So if you look at the, if you look at the brand's mascot cartoon caricature of that puppet, 
and the brand quickly became successful in Great Britain because it was it had a rich, smooth flavor, um, which they they still produce it in the same way today. So the flavor theoretically that we get on the cigars now is the same that they were getting um, back in 1840. So you know that would be nearly 200 years worth of history in a cigar. That, that'd be amazing if they were able to carry that over and, and, and keep those flavors. Myself, personally, I like these because, as I said, in the cigar world, things can get out of control pretty quickly um, as far as price goes. And you can get a box of these on JR Cigars. I think I think I got this box for about 164 bucks, um, which sounds like a lot. But if you go to, so, so my other, my other favorite, um, it's called a Liga Privada, and those climb upwards of 300 for the same amount of cigars in, in a single box. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even find them. If I go to Total Wine, which I, I remind me, do you have Total Wine in, in Maryland or no? Yes, we do. You, okay, so if you go to Total Wine, you know, they got the giant humidor that you walk into and all this stuff. You cannot find Ligas in the Total Wine. We have two Total Wines here in Lexington, and I cannot find the Ligas in their humidor, either by the box or single. So, and they do sell the single cigars in Total Wine. I can't find it there. So my only option is to buy an entire box from a website like JR Cigars, which... By the way, we are not endorsed by JR Cigars. That just happens to be the website that I found. And if anybody from JR Cigars happens to hear this and you want to endorse, feel free. But this is, you know, this particular cigar is a price performance. It's 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 not overpowering, it's smooth, it's got a robust flavor, but they're they're price performers. And that's like with my bourbon, that's what I look for with a cigar. So um it smokes easy. Um, you know, if if I go upstairs and my wife tells me that I smell like a cigar um, and she's not particularly fond, I can go get some of the beard oils that I have upstairs that smell like cigars and, and run it through. And you can't even tell it blends right in. Like it's, 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 it's a really good cigar for the price. It's, it's just a good, good cigar. And, and it again is enhancing the flavor of this to the point where now, when I on the nose with the with the Jim Beam Black, that's what I get is the I get leather, oak, a lot of oak, which makes sense. Some brown sugar, maybe a little bit of clove, even. Whenever I take a sip. Oh, now see. Now I'm getting more of the baking spices coming through whenever I take a sip of that. That's nice. Yes, um, on the nose, I always get <clears throat> a lot of honey off of um, this bottle. Um, that's usually the first thing that pops me on the nose. And then it's followed by <clears throat> those toasted oak or baking spices, a little bit of vanilla. Mm -hmm. I, I get the peanuts. I mean, that's just in my head every time I'm drinking Jim Beam, which is fantastic. That's the one of the better... Uh, nosing or tasting notes that I like to find in bourbons. I do get some, um, little bit of like, a like a red apple or something on the, on the nose too. Just a little, maybe cherry, but not like a, not like a candy cherry, like actual, I don't know. just a little bit of a, a fruity smell right on the end when I'm nosing. Yeah. The, the peanuts are extremely enjoyable. And I, unfortunately, 
because this has been proofed down. Um, I do get it, but I don't get it as much as I would with the bookers or something like that. Um, that's, that's one of the things that I really, really like about the bookers. It's like somebody punched you in the mouth with some peanut brittle. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just, it's just good stuff, but this is, you know, what, what, uh, what, what is the price on this again? Uh, about 26, 28 bucks, something like that. It, I mean, it all depends. I get it for, around me between 23 and 28. Okay. I think I, uh, the last bottle I bought was at 25 99, I think. Um, but yeah, it depends on the store, but yeah, it's right there in that mid twenties. The Jim Beam Black is, is pretty darn fantastic. And, uh, for, for price, for what you get, um, I mean, that's, that's good stuff. That's pretty amazing. That's good. I, I, I'll, I'll take that any day of the week, honestly. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then on the, on the palate, I always get, uh, like, a it's a, that nuttiness, that nutty caramel kind of, um, but I also pick up, you know, the same, same kind of nosing notes with the baking spices and vanilla, just the normal standard bourbon notes. But I, I get like a mint, like at the very end, almost, um, or a licorice or something like that, which is really nice. I, you know what, I, I even, I, I get that, but I also, right now, right now I'm getting the feeling in my mouth of a mint, like, or, you know, like that, that kind of cool, yep. like after a mouthwash or a mint or something, I'm actually getting that in my mouth as well. <clears throat> and that could be that. what, it, that could be what it is for me also, instead of the, like the actual tasting note of mint, it could be like, yeah, that, that sensation kind of on the sides of your tongue where reminds me of like that, that cooling mint, you know, taste. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's good stuff. I, I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, and I, I like to finish. It's not super long. It's not a super, you know, like the mouthfeel is just, you know, right there down the middle. It doesn't super linger. You know, it's not some of the high-end bourbons that are real oily and stuff, but it is enough. I mean, leave decent legs on the glass. Got a good... Uh, mouthfeel to finish is pretty much everything you want to in a bourbon it doesn't finish to me and bitter or anything like that it hits on all the, the stereotypical bourbon notes i would should say like caramel vanilla toasted oak baking spices and then this one's got a little bit extra with the, the peanuts and slight fruity flavors and i think it just all around like i said i think it's super balanced and it's one of the ones that i compare everything else to well that's uh that makes perfect sense. That's a that's a good one to you know. It's a good benchmark to set. Uh, no, no pun intended. You know, that's a uh, that's a, that's a good baseline there uh, with that one. All right, now we're going to move on to a segment that we call "This Rounds on Me." Um, that's when we go ahead and decide on a pour that's a little bit maybe harder to find or a little bit. Some would say special, doesn't have to be expensive, but just a little something different. And uh, this week, the round's on Adam, and he provided a lovely pour for me to sample along with him from his bottle of uh, the 2021 limited release of FAE 01 from the Maker's Mark Wood Finishing Series. 
And holy shit, is the nose fantastic. Just, wow. I mean, the first thing that hits you is oak. It's like sticking your nose up against a used stave, right? It's like you're taking a tour and they give you a stave that's right out of a barrel, right off of a barrel, and it's just, that's fantastic. Yep, the stave profile for this one, I believe, I'm looking on the bottle that I have of it, is, uh, yep, 10 virgin toasted American oak stave. So it's all toasted American oak on this one. Um, yeah, and it's still have a little bit of that 46 over here. I'm comparing it, and they're similar, but this one completely takes it to another level. Oh, I'm sure. It's come, so you're, you're, you're looking at a difference of, uh, so what are we looking at? A difference of 16.6 .6 proof. So the 46 is coming in at 94 proof. This is coming in at 110.6. So clearly less water added to the final distillate. Um, now this isn't a, this is not technically a barrel proof, right? This is, they've proofed it down after it came out of the barrel. Um, but it is, absolutely fantastic so correct me if i'm wrong paul um the barrel finishing series they instead of dumping makers that's already been aged in barrels into another barrel they take staves and put it into the original barrel is that is that right I believe that is right. <clears throat> I've been there and I've seen the process, but now you got me second guessing if they age it for four years and then put it in so a finishing barrel or not. But I know that they, they stand them up the barrels and they have like this little wire and it kind of holds the 10 staves that are down into the barrel. Um, and usually when you pick a barrel, you get to obviously select your different stave profile, mix and match the different staves that they have at any given time. But where this one is, uh, this one is the 10 Virgin Toasted Oaks and the FAE um, 01, FAE stands for fatty acid esters. Um, that's what gives you, I guess, the mouthfeel of, of bourbon or whiskey. Um, that oily, um, that oily feel that you get when you have something like this. And then the legs on the glass are, I mean, crazy with this one. And this is, I guess, their experiment to, um, it says they're trying to have a result in a, with bigger fruit notes and viscosity. Um, it says it's a fruit forward expression with notes of tobacco and wood. And I get that. I'm, I don't know if the fruit for me are as pronounced as, as one might think from reading the bottle. Um, but it's a fantastic whiskey. Um, the the tobacco and the wood is definitely there. You you pick that up right away on palate. But then it's just got that that maker's mark sweetness that just carries all the way through. So the the tobacco is definitely something that I noticed right off the bat. Now, granted, I am smoking a cigar, so that may have something to do with it. No, uh, I can pick it up right away too and get that and. Like bacon spices and cinnamon, just, you know, those go-to 
notes that you want to pick up in, in most whiskeys, but they're there hundred percent. And the finish is, mm. it's not dry at all because it's the, it's so oily, but right. it kind of fit. It finishes with like a dry Oak flavor kind of. Mm. I um, get that. And a little, a little bit, bit of with that Oak. Yeah. Mm. A little, a little bit tannic, but in like the good way. And I think that I usually pick that, that up when there's wood influence more so than just the barrel or, when that tobacco note is present, I get that that little bit of tannic on the finish, which, like I said, it's it's a good way though. Sure, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it takes. Now, I'm not a fan of Standard Maker's Mark. I I, I am a fan of the 46. Um, I have a bottle of the Standard Maker's Mark right up above my head, right there. And the reason that I have that, and I went and bought that, um, Maker's Mark had a promo on their website. If you sent them your name then they would send you a new label with your name printed on it. And so I bought the bottle just so I'd, I'd have a bottle to slap that label onto. Cause I think that's pretty cool. My barrel is still about two years, two to four years out from being finished. Um, and I did that strictly because it's a cool thing to do all those, you know, as a bourbon lover, you know, I want to, I want to be, in you know that club which as i understand it now um you know talking to our friend jerry who's you know he's 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 a very big maker's mark fan um coincidentally you can find him on the poor man's poor podcast um he he um said that it's invitation only now the members mark or the, the what is it the the members mark or what is it called the uh <clears throat> Trying to think, I'm in it. My barrel's probably two to three years off, um, away from being done too. But I'm not, can't think of what it's called off the top of my head. And the, I think you're, the mellow moments is four roses. I think that's where you're going with the M's. So yeah, um, the mellow moments club. I'm dying to be so Maker's Mark ambassador. That's what it is. There you go. So um, yeah, the I think the make the the Maker's Mark ambassador uh, program is invitation only. Um, but the Mellow Moments Club is, um, I, I've been watching that for years and I have never been able to find it when it was open. I want into that so badly. Yep. Same. I have a tab pulled up on my phone that just keeps that page open. And it's every time I am scrolling through, I think to try to remind myself to just hit refresh and just hope that it's open one day, but no, it's not in the- but yeah, when I got my ambassador barrel a while back, <clears throat> waiting on that, and you going back to those labels, I did the same thing. I went, I think they started it, I could be wrong, but as a, a few years ago, it's like a Christmas themed type of deal. Um, but they do it a couple times a year. I still get the ambassador uh, emails, and they'll tell you, you can put your name on a, a label, and you can write anything, congratulations, happy home, warm, anything like that. Um, it's a cool little thing to do if you have the foresight to plan ahead for giving somebody a gift. Cause I think I remember seeing that the latest one, I think you can do it for the 46 and the 46 cast strength. Is that right? I think so. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of something else, but it makes sense now that the bottles are the same. It would be easy for them to just change the wording on the label that they send you the custom, you know, uh, label. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, man, I've got a bottle of the cast drink around here. Some I think I think my I think my bottle of 46 cast drink is upstairs in one of my cabinets. But that is that is some damn good whiskey. And again, I'm not I, well, I guess I'm a bigger fan of Maker's Mark than 
than I thought because this this FAE 21 is fantastic. Uh, the Maker's Mark 46, I, I truly enjoy. And the cast strength is really good. And even the Maker's Mark 101, I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy. And, you know, that, that I don't know if it still does. I haven't bought a bottle in a while, but it used to come in a cool box. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, um, I don't know why, but I keep the boxes. You know, I've got some scotches upstairs that came in boxes. And I've got a, a, a WM Tar 12 year that came in a box. And, um, you know, uh, I, I keep those things. The Jack Daniels uh, barrel strength. I've got those boxes mm-hmm. right here behind me. And as you can see right there, I've got the, uh, the blood oath. I keep that, but that's a wooden box. That's a okay. different situation. Clearly that's meant to be kept. Yeah. You know, I, I keep those things, the, the, the bags that the Hancock came in. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. They're, they're cumbersome to keep sometimes when <clears throat> you're constantly looking for places to put your, uh, <laughs> your bottles i'd like to get rid of all those bookers and little book boxes and stuff but hey, they're cool you can't get rid of them you know <laughs> i've had to get very creative um so you know when when you come to kentucky next time you're gonna have to come to lexington and when you do you know you'll you'll obviously i'll host you here in my bar um and i've had to build my own shelves behind the bar so that i have places to put the whiskey because i just i buy it so much faster than I can drink it. And I'll never stop doing that because my, my buying has slowed down considerably. You know, as my children gradually get older, I find that they become more expensive. You, you would think that once they get out of diapers, that the, the cost goes down. And that is not true at all. So my biological children are my, my youngest biological child will be 11 or no, I'm sorry, she'll be nine on the 11th, in a, which is in a week. My oldest biological child just turned 10. And then my bonus children are 12 and 15. And um, they just keep getting more expensive. So my, my spending, my collecting, I guess is a better way to put it, has gone down considerably. It, it used to be I'd buy a couple bottles a week. And now I'm looking at more a couple to a few bottles a month. So our our mutual friend Mike in Indiana, his firehouse um, did a an old hammer pick, and Mike was able to get because because of a, a snafu that, that happened to come along with with the the uh, the whole situation. He was able to get the bottles at cost. So I, I think it's the ninety nine one old hammer recipe and but they're but they're you know they're picks of course 35 dollars a bottle so that's that's pretty badass uh because i buy as many as i could at that price (laughs) (laughs) yeah well uh two was about the maximum that he was able to make happen at first i thought that one was going to be it and he said the other day he was like oh well who wanted two i can make two happen so uh, that and then I got a bottle of oh man I got that and oh a uh from R Bourbon from uh the the R Bourbon group from Reddit Reddit yeah the R Bourbon group from Reddit um I got a Blue Note a um I can't remember what it was called now it was a red raspberry ripple 
um, for 45 bucks. Um, it's coming from sharedpoor.com. So it's $17, uh, flat rate shipping. Um, so if you're going to order through them, it behooves you to, you know, buy Fill more than one bottle, Fill the box. <laughs> but you know, $62 for a blue note, which I can't, you know, a blue note pick, which don't really exist. I can get, I can get the blue note, um, uh, the juke joint. I can get the, the river set rye. I can get those things around here, but the picks of those don't really exist around here. That name, I, that sounds very, uh, very interesting. The, 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 the raspberry, raspberry ripple. ripple. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds some of that. Yeah. I'll get you sound good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I want a 17 so bad. I can, I, I mean, you know, our, our, I think we talked about this the other night, our, our mutual friend, Chris Beckett, sent me a sample of the uh, the Blue Note 17, and holy shit, that is an amazing, fantastic bourbon. Those guys, I believe they, was that sourced from MGP or was that Green River? That that had to be MGP, so it can't be Green River. It's not been around long enough. Yeah, that, that old, yeah, would have been MGP. It was, it was, it was fantastic. So, yeah, I want some of the, I want some of that Blue Note, some of the 17, so bad but the uh, the raspberry ripple I'll, I'll definitely get you some of that it, it's it's bound to be fantastic everything that i've had from the r bourbon group on reddit has been fantastic every, every one of the picks that i've ever had so Man, this smells good all right so let's um let's move on to the third portion of our our show here the uh the beer products uh, today here we've got the Honest Amish Beer Bomb. I've I've been using this stuff for quite a while, as you can see. Maybe as you can see there, there you go. Quite a bit missing in my canister. Um, now Honest Amish is it's got a um, a interesting odor to it. It says Honest Amish Beer Bomb. Intense conditioning and protection, all natural and organic, helps your beard grow strong and full. Now, I would imagine that these guys would have, I don't know if they have a licensing agreement with the Amish in the particular region where this is produced. Honest Amish is actually located out of um, western Pennsylvania, um, hmm. and they are that Western Pennsylvania, there is a, a, a large number of Amish communities in Western Pennsylvania. So I'm assuming there is some overall involvement by the Amish with this brand. Um, and they do say that they, you know, they make everything from scratch with all organic. Uh, they never use any man-made chemicals, fragrances, petroleum byproducts, or man-made preservatives. They, they go so far as that they never containerize their products in plastic. It's always in aluminum or glass. Um, so, I mean, they going through the ingredients, um, which are listed, um, briefly on the box, but in depth online, everything is organic. Um, there's no, no words with all the vowels in them, you know, like, like, you know, that it's, it's man-made somewhere when you can't even say it without, you know, having half the alphabet in a single word. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, 
I have it. I've been using it for a couple days now just to try it out because we decided to go with this one and this product I didn't currently have. So I bought it. Um, I like it. Um, the smell is great. Um, I get more of like a kind of like a floral, like lavender almost. The, the website said, and I'm, now I'm picking it up kind of a little bit. I wasn't when I, when I put it on the other day, but um, uh, like a sweet uh, licorice overtones with a timeless splash of floral and minty spice undertones. And that's from their website. Um, I get that. There's a little bit of mintiness in there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it smells pleasant. I mean, it's not overpowering. Some, some beer products tend to get a little, a little fragrant. And when you're wearing it on your face, you don't really want it to be overpowering. You just want a hint of something that smells good. Um, and then on top of that, you want it to work. And, you know, it definitely makes your beard feel softer to the touch and, you know, keeps everything where it needs to be. And with the amount of different oils and butters and waxes and everything that is in the ingredients, you're, you're going to, you know, you know that it's, it's definitely going to be moisturizing and doing good things for your beard and for your face. Right. So Paul and I both have large beards. My, my beard, it, it, it reaches down to, I don't know, about six inches below the top of my sternum. And Paul's is longer than mine. And and it reaches out wider. Mine, mine comes to more of a point. Paul's tends to, you know, yeah. be luxurious and spread out. And, uh, but we're, we're not, we're, we're not unaccustomed to the beard products. Um, we, we've, you know, I'm 40, Paul's around my age. And uh, we we've been doing the the beard game for a while. We we've had beards for for a lot of our adult life, and so you know we we don't take um, clearly we don't we don't take our our beards lightly. There's very little trimming that goes on. We're we're not willing to fuck that up for ourselves. You know, uh, accidentally trim too much off or or what have you. We're we're pretty careful with that, and and the health of our beard. We don't uh, we don't generally walk around with straw like facial hair. Uh, we 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 have them. We wear them. We want them to look decent. So we don't we don't we don't really you know uh, mess around with it too much. So a little explanation for what a beard balm is. Okay, so you've got you've got waxes and you've got oils, and a beard balm falls right into you know comfortably into that space between the two. So it helps for control. And it helps with conditioning. You don't want your beard to be wily. You don't want it to look like, you know, uh, a uh, a tumbleweed from an old Western movie that's been glued to your face. And you also don't want it to look like, again, like I said earlier, straw that's been stuck to your face either. You want it to be, this, this gives the right amount of shine without it looking like you've sprayed your beard down with jerry curl. And it also keeps it, you know, in the proximity of your face, you don't want it to look like it's growing into your ear hair as well. So um, it does smell great. It does a good job of doing exactly what it says it's going to do. It conditions and it makes it strong and full. Um, I don't know necessarily about um, growing strong and full simply because the science behind growing a beard, there's, there's two factors that go into it. <clears throat> a beard is dead protein. Your hair is dead protein, so it, it's it's um, it's it's simply about the way that your body processes these chemicals that go into your body, uh, these these compounds that go into your body, and produces the hair 
but it's also about not shaving. People ask me all the time, how do you grow a beard like that? I don't, I just don't shave my fucking face. It's Yep. I get the same question all the time. And all I can tell you, I mean, there's companies out there that make vitamins for hair growth and yeah, there's a little science behind that. I mean, it's not just for beards, it's for overall, you know, hair health. Um, but I, I always tell people the, the best thing to do is just stop shaving and take care of your beard because if you're not taking care of your beard, you're not taking care of your face. And if you're not taking care of your face, then your face is going to be dry and cracked. You're going to get beard dander and your your body's not going to, you know, you're not going to be healthy overall as far as face health, beard health, hair health. So using these exactly. products with the balms and the oils, which I tend to lean towards oils over balms. I just like the feel of them better. And I can feel like I can get them into my actual, onto my face more with my fingers um, so that I'm moisturizing my face under my beard. Um, but using these products help to keep your beard healthy and overall then your face is healthy. And I, I feel that that promotes growth. So um, that's what I tell people. And there's really no magic pill. Right, exactly. And, and what I like about this is that literally any product that I've ever purchased from the Amish community is quality. If this is really in tune with the Amish community, if, they, if they're going to produce this the same way that the Amish community would, I trust it. I stand behind it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And there's lots of beer products that I've dealt with and used that they made me break out. They made me, you know, there, there's, they clog your pores. There's lots of things. So my, my thing, and, and I'm like you, I tend to lean more towards the oils than I do the waxes. Um, the waxes I use more for my mustache whenever it's grown out. Currently mm -hmm. it's not. Um, the, uh, the, the oils, um, as long as they're produced naturally, they don't have a bunch of man-made shit involved. You know, they, they, they do help. The, the health of your beard they they moisturize they you know uh they not just your beard but also your face right but the waxes they they can you know if you, if you use too much of that they can clog up and then and then there's balms there's oils that have all this man-made crap in them that can cause your face to break out they can cause the hair at the follicle to become stiff and then it becomes it actually becomes painful i've had mm -hmm. that actually happen my beard has actually been painful. And the only way that I could get rid of it was to hop in the shower and scrub my face until it turned red with my fingernails to get all of that out of my pores and off of the hair and washed out of my beard. Um, and, and this has never, ever made my face feel that way. So that's that's amazing. This This is something that I would, as somebody with a beard that's you know, I've, I've clearly been growing it for a long time. I don't have a beard that you can grow in a year. I don't have a beard that you can grow within, well, Paul might be able to grow it within six months. I can't grow this beard within a year's time. I can't grow this beard within a year and a half or two years. It, I haven't shaved my face in seven years. I, I've trimmed it down at the bottom to try, because the beard at the bottom of my, or the, the hair at the bottom of my face on the bottom of my jaw tends to grow faster than it does at my chin or above. And it, and, and I've just learned to accept that at this point, I just, it just grows. So what you act, when you look at me, what you see that's longer than the rest of it, the longest point actually grows from the, from my neck 
and the bottom of my jaw, as opposed to this, which grows from my from my chin. Um, where was I going? What was I saying? I, I lost my train of thought. As far as just using <clears throat> using organic products, it doesn't have, have to be organic, but you want to stick to all natural products. Um, you don't want to use chemicals. There's a lot of companies out there that, <clears throat> you know, they might produce a shaving cream or something like that. And now they come to the beard game and produce beard products. And like I said, you turn the, the label over and you can't pronounce half the words and it's got half the English alphabet and one single word. Those are the ones that I shy away from. I like to see, uh, it doesn't have, to, I don't go overboard. I don't go crazy. You know, it doesn't have to be all organic and everything, you know, as long as I can understand what's in there and there's not, no harsh chemicals and stuff, because like you were saying, if, if you go that route, some people may be able to tolerate it, but my, I can't, it just, your beard gets dry, your face gets dry. Um, like you're saying, it, it starts to be uncomfortable. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's your face, <laughs> spend the extra couple dollars and buy a product that actually, you know, actually is all natural and will work better. Um, and another thing I tell people too, just on a side topic is, the shampoo that you use and conditioner for your beard needs to be the same. It needs to be natural. It needs to be something that is meant for your face and not for your head. Your face produces is a different pore. It's a different hair follicle than your head. Um, you don't want to just go out and buy your run of the mill, you know, shampoo that you've been buying at the grocery store all your life. Spend the extra couple dollars, get a shampoo and a conditioner that is meant for a beard because it's not meant for a beard. It's meant for your face and your beard where shampoos from the store are meant for your hair on your head. You want something that's meant for your face and your beard. And it's completely different. And you may have to spend $15 for a shampoo and conditioner combo or something like that, but trust me, it's well worth it. It's so you're right. And it's not just the, that the follicles are different, right? It's the type of hair, right? So when I had hair, <laughs> the hair on my head completely different than the hair on my face it felt different it and still to this day if i were to stop shaving my head and the only reason i shave my head is because i'm fucking going bald i've got patches all over but if i were to let it grow out it's it's softer on mm -hmm. top of my head but and and the reason is and i know this because i didn't always have a beard so if i didn't have a beard right now i could touch my face right and then touch my head and up here i'm gonna feel oils on my head and down here those same oils aren't necessarily going to exist they might if if it's been a particularly hot day or if i haven't washed my face in a while but they're not necessarily there all the time up here my my head is I, and i just shaved my head today but i can feel the oils and i can see them after i rub my head and i put my hand under a light I can see the oils that have come off the top of my, and that is, that's part of the reason why the, the hair on your head, right, is softer than it is from your face. So with that being said, the, the conditioners and the shampoos that are formulated for a beard are, like Paul said, completely different, completely and utterly different. So do yourself a favor, like Paul said, and, and spend the money because, you know, $15 seems like a lot for a beard hair or a beard, a beard shampoo and a beard conditioner. But in the grand scheme of things, 15 bucks is, you know, you, I guarantee you spend that on a streaming service. 
And a streaming service can go away, but your face is something you're stuck with for the rest of your life. So spend the money. It's it's worth it, 100%. All right, well, that about wraps it up. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us on our first episode of Bourbon Beards and Belvedere's. Um, please find all of our social media links at bourbonbeardsandbelvedere's.com. Please like and subscribe and share uh, the info with all your friends. Anyone you think would like this kind of content. We'll have a new episode out next week. Uh, as always, enjoy your drinks responsibly. Cheers. Urban Beards and Belvedere's is produced by Adam Bolden and Paul Rousseau. Editing by Adam Bolden. Music by Ryan Johnson. You can find links to all of our social media and YouTube accounts at bourbonbeardsandbelvedere's.com. As always, enjoy your drinks and cigars responsibly. Cheers. <laughs>